It's International Women's Day, and the theme this year is Choose to Challenge. On today's episode of See, Here Love, we're choosing to challenge injustice and inequality and choosing to highlight some amazing women who are paving the way for the next generation in unique ways. That's all coming up. Welcome to See Here Love. I am your host, Melinda, and what a day it is today as we celebrate International Women's Day. In 2017, when I launched See Here Love, we launched it on this day because I thought it was important that we celebrate the achievements of women around the world. And this year, the theme is I Choose to Challenge. I choose to challenge inequity and equality and injustice. And that's my heart today as well. And for See Her Love, that we choose kindness, that we choose to stand up against racism and inequality, that we choose to celebrate women, that we choose to amplify voices, to listen and learn to diverse voices across Canada and the world, and that we choose kindness and that we choose Jesus. So today, the show is all about choosing to celebrate and highlight women to listen to their stories and insights. Are you ready? I am. Let's celebrate International Women's Day today. Well, what better woman to kick off International Women's Day than this woman? She is currently a member of Parliament for Toronto Centre. She was a former co-host of The Social, a women's talk show, and former news anchor of Canada AM for 15 years, the first Black woman in Canada to co-host a morning news show. She was nominated for a Canadian Screen Award in the category of Best Talk Show Host for her work on Canada AM, decades of award-winning journalism and television hosting. Uh, She works with Journalists for Human Rights and World Vision Canada, and she's a leading advocate against systemic racism in Toronto and Canada. She is the author of this wonderful new book here, Finding Your Voice, uh, Living Out Loud Off Script. She lives in Toronto with her two kids, Blaze and Dash. It is the formidable Marcy Ian. Welcome to the show, Marcy. Hi, Melinda. I'm so happy to be with you. How are you doing? Well, so well. Better that you're here with me as we celebrate International Women's Day. Marcy, I just want to start off right away. Uh, the theme is choose to challenge for this year. What would you say that you are choosing to challenge or choosing to blank, fill in the blank today? I'm choosing to challenge our collective lack of empathy. I think if we had more kindness in this world, if we chose to really look at others and understand others, we'd be a lot better off. I love that. That is beautiful. The kindness piece I know is something that has really resonated. It's been a thread in your life story. And we're going to talk more about kindness, but your life story is incredible. I couldn't put down your book. I mean, there's so many parts of your story, Marcy, that I resonated with from being a shoe maven Now, not necessarily to carrying the Olympic torch. I have not done that. You covering our Raptors NBA championship, your stories that of love for your sister, your granny, your mom, your friendships. Um, But what I did, Marcy, is I pulled out some moments in your story that resonated with me, but also I think were were pivotal for you. And I think will really resonate with a lot of young women 
that are watching and listening today. So page 18, you talk about your major accident on a Toronto highway with your driver, Dom. You said you felt fortunate to be alive, that there was a deeper meaning, but your voice still needed to be heard. How important was that moment after a, a major trauma and crisis happened in your life? Really, I was I was fortunate, and and Dom was fortunate to make it through that accident. And people say all the time, Linda, you know, after they have a major life event, you know, I've got to change, I've got to do things differently. I've been given another chance, and I really felt that way. For all the days where I took things for granted, people for granted, the voice that I had for granted, I just didn't want to do that anymore. I wanted to make sure that I lived each day deliberately, mm. deliberately knowing that I wanted to make a change in some way, even in a small way. And also the whole idea of being present. You know, sometimes we're with people and we're there, but we're not really there because we're thinking about what we have to do two hours later or the next day. And I really made a conscious effort to be in the moment, especially with the people that I care about. I love that. You also said that you had to fine tune your priorities, that you were saying yes to a lot of things, be to fine tune. What were those two specific priorities you said? You know, in this case, I realized I couldn't be everywhere and do everything. I had to do the focus on these two. Yeah. Well, family first, but when it comes to professional things, I decided to focus on women and kids. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, there are a lot of organizations that ask me to either speak or tell my story or host all the time, you know, uh, invitations came in all the time, but I gave priority to organizations, uh, to people who were pushing forward women's issues mm -hmm. and youth issues. Yeah, I love that, Marcy. And I've, I've seen that throughout the book, just your passion and heart for women and youth. And I love that, that you're doing that. Okay, page 75. This one I love. I love, were... I love by the way, that you have everything... <laughs> annotated. It's wonderful. I think it's great. Thank you for doing that. Yes. I, I just felt, and I was really like, okay. I mean, I, you should see my other notes, Marcy, tons of, of pages, but I had to kind of limit them down. So page 75, you're working in Hamilton, Ontario in a TV station. You decide to make a brave step, even though you were scared to another TV station in Halifax, Nova Scotia. And I love this. Uh, when you called Henry, it was the yeah. one who took a chance on you. He said, yes. quote, it's not all about what you are now, Marcy. It's what I believe you'll become. How important was that statement for you and your life at that time? It was huge. This mm -hmm. was the president of CTV News, national newscast, saying to me that I see you, kid. I see, I see talent. I see what it takes to make it in this business. And he called me his draft pick. And I thought that was amazing because what that meant was he was willing to guide me. Mm. He was willing to mentor me. He was willing to be my coach. And he was. You know, I would get notes from, from Henry after filing a piece saying, this was great, maybe improve on this. We had that kind of relationship and we're able to have those conversations. Henry Kowalski was pivotal, pivotal, pivotal. Did I say pivotal <laughs> uh, in, in my career and even more so my confidence, you know, where I believed that I could actually do this and, and do it well because he believed in me 
And he had had such an exemplary career as a reporter and producer, and now the head of our news division at the time, that um, I, I believed him. And mm -hmm. he challenged me as well, too, you know, challenged me to, to move forward. He, he's just an amazing, amazing man. I think, Marcy, every person needs to, to hear that. It's not what you are now, like in, in, in the rough kind of like place, but it's what I believe you'll become. I think that resonates yeah. with me because that's what I hope I say and do for other young women uh, that are sort of next generation millennials, that I would say that as well to them. I think that's it's the so mentorship piece. Yes. Yeah. It's definitely the mentorship piece. Yeah, I love that. Thank you, Henry. <laughs> we need more Henrys in the world. <laughs> we need more Henrys in the world. <laughs> All right. Page 31. Of course, Marcy, we could not miss this. You starring in the children's TV show Circle Square, which was a production of Crossroads Christian Communications, which is the same as See Here Love is a production of Crossroads Christian Communications. So I love that connection. But I want to talk about why this experience, you know, starring in this in this, you know, kid youth show was so formative and influential in, in three of the areas of your life. I want to I want to get to your own self as a young woman, your career and your faith. So let's start with just your own self as a young woman. Why was that so formative and influential uh, for you, that experience? Well, in the early years, it, it taught me the importance of team. It, it provided a, a family outside of my family. Oftentimes, you know, I spent more time with the kids on the show than I did my own family between taping and uh, the recordings of music that we did and even going away to film. Spent a lot of time together. So it was, you know, bonding and, and friendships, lifelong friendships that were established. So that was amazing but also mm -hmm. to use my voice and to use it with, with confidence. Um, you know, I look back and I think, my goodness, it, it prepared me so well for my future career. I, I knew how to wake up early in the morning. Uh, <laughs> we had early calls for Circle Square and those early calls, you know, 30 years later were the calls I was doing for Canada AM. But really it was, it was teamwork. It was teamwork and a lot of mentorship on that show too. Yeah, that's so good. And like uh, before the show, you got to meet, you know, the cameramen that were actually cameramen that are yeah. my cameramen for the show that were your oh cameramen in Circle God. Square. <laughs> so amazing. And they'll tell you, it really was, it was family. We were all in it together. Mm -hmm. And everybody on the show, so, so very special. And what a thrill to meet the guys before the show as well. Yeah, that's amazing. Okay, your career. You did mention that about getting up early, but how was... Uh, Circle Square so formative in your own career, uh, Marcy? Well, the director at the time of uh, Circle Square, his name was John Spaulding. Um, I, you know, talked to him a lot about his path, his journey, because his other job, he was um, the executive producer of CBC Sports at the time as well. Mm. And so I talked a lot to John about his journey and, you know, his path and how he got there and work. And when it came time for me to apply to university and I was applying to Ryerson's radio and television arts program, John, you know, sat down and he wrote a letter and we had to have letters at that time that went along with mm -hmm. our applications uh, in order to apply. And he wrote a letter and he was able to, because he knew me, um, write about you know, the experience that I had, what I wanted to do, my dreams, and that he believed in me. 
So that really was the start because it got me into the school that gave me the skills that led to the jobs, you know, so, so there was, so there was that. Amazing. You know, it's, it's, you know, listening to your life, Marcy, it's like my, it it took people to really see us, to mentor us, to help us, to get where we are today. And I'm so thankful for personally for me, for those people who saw that you're, you're rough now, but I see what you're going to become and I believe mm-hmm. in you, I'm going to help you. That's, I think, I think that's what it's all about, you know, in helping that, that, and mentoring. Yeah, you're so right, Linda. That's exactly what it's all about. And I had a lot of that, you know, in the early stages, really early stages of my career, uh, but then kind of didn't, didn't have anybody that looked like me, um, that could relate to my experiences. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, sometimes it was a very lonely ride. Yeah. Yeah, no, I get that. I get that, Marcy. For your faith, this show, uh, in the book, you talk a lot about, you know, that you had some life lessons and things, but how is this experience also formative and influential for your own uh, faith in God? Well, it's, you know, God puts us in the places that we need to be. And when I look at my life, you know, I, I look at it as, you know, maybe one experience to another, but when I really look at it, I realized that God has very much been at work, mm-hmm. at majorly at work and helping to put things in place that I couldn't have put in place myself. And I am forever grateful. I really am an example of what God can do. Mm. You know, I'm in an industry where I had no prior connections. I had, you know, I didn't have people Um, that could help me or put me in places or give me certain experiences. I just really had to work hard and and do the best that I could. And there were obviously amazing people along the way, like Henry, but my my professional life and personal life too, but we're talking about profession here, really is an example of what God can do. Mm, I love that, Marcy. Thanks for sharing that. In one of your chapters, a conversation with my son. Oh, and I'm telling you, through this book, Marcy, like I cried. I, I had tears just in the emotion and the experience um, as you had to talk to your son about being a black boy in Canada and what that would mean. And when, you know, a police officer stops you. And, and at the very end of that chapter, you say, above all else, stand. And uh, I think, can we see that? Or is that backwards? I don't know. But yeah, I have a women's yeah. group, Marcy, that uh, we meet. And I was sharing with them a little while ago about stand. And it kind of, it comes from, you know, the verse. And I, I don't know if this was intentional for you, but from Ephesians six thirteen, where you put on the full armor of God. Uh, so when evil comes, you are prepared and you do everything to stand. And then in the scripture, it goes comma to stand. It's like an affirmative, mm-hmm. you stand and then you keep standing, even when things are at you. And so- we actually, I, I spoke to the women's group and was sharing about that to stand. And so my girlfriend then did this like 3D cutout and we all now have these in our office uh, to say when things are hard, as you're leading, as you're doing your media work, you continue to stand. How important that. for you is stand? Because when he, when I saw that at the end of the, that, that chapter to your son, I was like, oh my heart, that you had to have the conversation. But it was beautiful that a mama would say, you know, stand. Stand. Uh, there's a Donnie McClurkin song called We Fall Down, um, but it's about standing. It's about getting back up. 
And that's the most important lesson, I think. You know, what isn't written uh, along with the stand is we fall down. Yes. And it's not about the falling down. It's not about the, the mistakes, although we've got to learn from them. It's the pulling yourself back mm. up when you don't believe that you have the strength to. And above all else, standing. Yeah, it's amazing. And I've seen that in your own life, Marcy. I've, I've realized, as you were just saying, about how it's been lonely in some of those times and places in your professional life. But as I read through your story, you continually got up now. Sometimes it took a bit, it was hard and, and like me, then we would stand, but it was always about that picking yourself up and standing to, to embrace another day, to, to continue to be a mama, to do the work that you're called to do, to be better at your craft. So I so appreciate your example of stand. So thank you. All right, a couple more questions and there's so much. Do we have three hours, Marcy? I wish, okay. <laughs> Most impactful guest you've ever interviewed. I get asked that a lot too, but most impactful guest you've ever interviewed to date? Lionel Richie. Oh, oh my goodness. I love Lionel yeah. Richie. Lionel Richie, Ab- absolutely. Uh, Lionel is amazing. And we met a couple of times. The first time that we met, I was pregnant with my daughter, Blaze. And I was in the makeup room at CTV. He was passing through. He was going to perform. And I explained to him that I had another show to do, so I wouldn't be able to see his performance. And we talked for a little bit, and um, one of my colleagues took a quick picture of us, and I, I wished him well, told him I was a huge fan, and that was that. Seven years later, I had just had my son, Dash, and my first interview coming back to work after Matt leave of, as co-host of Canada AM was with Lionel Richie. And we decided we wanted to make it really special, so... We set up um, a hotel room and put a grand piano in it and lit it well. And uh, he walked through the door. He doesn't travel with an entourage. He's amazing. Mm -hmm. He walked through the door, I think, with one other person. And he said, Marcy, good to see you again. And then he said, what did you have? Meaning Blaze seven years prior. And I was completely taken aback. And I said, Lionel, I had a girl after you saw me all those years ago, but I just had a boy. And he said, what is it with you? You're always having kids when we see each other. And, and that's how it started. But it's his kindness. He knew, mm. he, he asked, you know, the camera people their name, audio, um, my producer, and remembered the names, asked mm. them about their families. It wasn't just, you know, banal conversation. He cared and he was lovely. But the other part is that he was one of those people, and they don't, it's, it's rare, especially in the entertainment field, who said, ask me whatever you want, no holds barred. So I did. And we talked about everything from civil rights um, to the breakdown of his marriage, uh, to his new one, to his kids, his failures as he saw it as a father, um, how he's, you know, trying to make up that time now with his grandkids. We just mm-hmm. talked about everything. Uh, growing up in Tuskegee, Alabama, and seeing Black excellence as normal, and how his perspective on the world was quite different from everything else that was going on in the civil rights era. Mm -hmm. It was very, very interesting. Uh, But we must have chatted for a good hour and a half. It was hard to cut down that interview (laughs) because he he was amazing. So impactful for me because of his kindness, because of his heart, and because of his openness. Yeah. I love that. I wish more people were like that kind and open and remembering people. Like clearly it wasn't oh just gosh. like you were just another person, Marcy, but he no. actually saw you 
and remembered. And that's a beautiful thing. That's amazing. I love that story. Okay. Wow. This is big, most impactful news story that you've ever reported on. I have a guess, but I'm going to see what you say. I know there's a lot. Okay. Well, we'll see. Well, well, there's two. Um, The Swiss air crash in Mm -hmm. Peggy's Cove, Nova Scotia, uh, really impacted me because frankly, it was hard for me to cover that kind of tragedy, you know, talking to family members who were so distraught and rightly so losing, you know, their family, um, Mm -hmm. covering the investigation and, and family at the same time. And it was a very, very long um, story as far as the investigation went and keeping track of everything and family, just all of it. It was nonstop reporting. Um, But the other is the high school shooting at Dene High School in Lalash, Saskatchewan. And impactful for different reasons because, you know, the kids there, the administration at Dene, they're now like family to me. Mm-hmm. We are we are linked forever because um, I couldn't get that story out of my mind and wanted to help. And that is a story in itself. Yeah, everybody needs to get the book to read more of that story. And I think what really, actually, this is what I cried at, uh, that you brought the young people to the social and you let them speak. And one of the young men said, that they didn't feel they'd been heard. Mm-hmm. And it really struck me, Marcy, because you know, for me, my heart is that people will be seen, heard, and loved. And you were you ensured that they'd be heard, that their needs were heard, that you brought people, uh, you know, our prime, you know, the prime minister, the raptors, like so that they were seen, that they mattered. And I think that's so key. I think that's your heart too, that you want to ensure that people are know they're seen. They're heard and loved and they matter and are valued. Uh, that's, I think, your beautiful heart, Marcy, in that. And so that story is wonderful. People have to get the book to, to read that because it's a great part of your story, that whole process of, of what you did uh, with the kids and, and how you sort of brought them to, you know, out their story to Canada. It's, it's beautiful. And I knew that was the one you were going to pick. Yeah, I, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, um, the Swiss air crash taught me a lot. It taught me a lot about reporting um, with empathy and not losing that empathy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Dene is, Dene is my heart. Dene is yeah. where I went outside and beyond, you know, the realms of my profession and just wanted, wanted to help, wanted to make change. And you know, when a story breaks and is headline news for weeks, that it's just that it's a story. Everybody flocks to the place to cover the story and then leaves. Mm-hmm. And the kids said time and time again, Canada forgot about us. There are still bullet holes where the shooter shot his way through the front of the school, through the front door. They're still there. They're reminders to us every day. It, you know, we are not in a great place mentally and Canada has forgotten. And I wanted to make sure, as you said, Melinda, uh, that they had a voice and that yeah. people could hear and see their pain. Yeah. Fantastic. And you did just that, Marcy. It was, it was wonderful. All right. Marcy, advice to me as a Filipino woman hosting a Christian women's talk show, what would you challenge, challenge me to do uh, and encouragement to me as, as a woman host, a woman of color? Authenticity. 
Never be afraid to use your voice and use it well. And when I say that, speak to your lived experiences, Melinda. I did that a lot on the social. I didn't do it as much as a newscaster because I couldn't. You know, I had to be neutral. I wasn't meant to insert my opinion and my life experiences here and there. But with the social, I most definitely did. And what I found was that that impacted people. There are people looking at you who you are inspiring And they want you to be you so that Canada and the world sees you because by seeing you, they're seen. And so you're trailblazing. Keep blazing those trails. Keep speaking up and speaking out. The kids that I call them kids, but they're not. But the young people, the young people that that I've mentored through the years, I've said, you know, speak up sooner. Use your voice in a way I didn't when I was Mm -hmm. younger. I found my voice or used it more later. Use it now. So I I tell you to use it now Mm. and consistently use it. Stand up for injustice, speak your truth, and you'll inspire. You'll continue to inspire. Thank you, Marcia. I needed to hear that. And then just finally, advice to a young woman. And I'm kind of like encapsulating all that you've experienced. Advice to a young woman today on International Women's Day who's embracing change, who's going through a divorce or separation, who's becoming an entrepreneur, who's feeling lonely, who's working hard at her craft and struggling to find her tribe, who is being racially profiled and confronted with racism and trying to just stand. What would you say to her on this day, Marcy? First and foremost, I'm going to start with the stand part. You're going to fall, but it's the getting back up and it's the staying true to you. You know, don't let anybody steal or snuff out your fire. Mm-hmm. It, it matters that you're going through what you're going through. Yes, but tough times do pass. And it's taking those lessons that are learned. And there are lessons in those tough times and moving forward, continuing to stand. And also, you know, sharing your experiences. There are always people that are going through what you're going through. It's just that. You know, often we're silent. We suffer in shame and silence and, and, and guilt and all of those and all of those feelings. But there are others because I found when I started speaking out or talking about things that, that there was a larger club. There were, there were people that were going through the same thing. And that, that, that really led to amazing conversations and really good friendships. Mm. Marcy, and thank you so much. Everybody needs to go and get your book, Off Script, Living Out Loud. Wonderful stories. And thank you, Marcy, so much for your life, for sharing your story, for your kindness and authenticity to us here in Canada, around the world. And happy International Women's Day to you, an amazing woman, uh, Marcy. And thank you so much. Melinda, thank you for amazing questions. And thank you for reading the book and taking a lot out of it. That means a lot to me. And keep doing what you're doing. You're doing an incredible job. Happy Women's Day to you. From the host of See, Here Love, Melinda Estabrooks and 50 of her guests and friends comes the book, Always Know, full of stories of lives that are inspiring, wise, and life-changing. God hears you. He hears your prayers. He hears the longing for connection. He hears the cries of pain that you're experiencing, and He loves you deeply. This month, with your ministry gift of $25 or more, or when you become a new monthly donor, request your copy of Always Know. 
It is a collection of stories to help you today in the things that you're struggling with, the things that you are confronted with. And I know that these stories will encourage you. Call 1-800-265-3100 or visit seeherelove.com slash always know and request your copy. See Here Love is where you are. Find our hopeful and inspiring faith stories on your favorite platform and encouraging content daily on Instagram and Facebook. To learn more and stay updated, sign up for our newsletter on seeherelove.com. Well, I'm with Dr. Marjorie Kerr, President and Vice Chancellor of Tyndale University, which we absolutely love, Tyndale University. Uh, I attended uh, Tyndale, my dad did, my husband did. So there's a great, strong and love connection with Tyndale University. And so uh, Dr. Kerr, Marjorie, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. And thank you for the invitation. Delighted to be Yes. Uh, Marjorie, I just wanted to, because this is International Women's Day and the theme for 2021 is hashtag choose to challenge. So my question for you is, uh, what would you say you are choosing to challenge or uh, how are you choosing to make a difference uh, today? And and when we say today, right now. (laughs) Yeah, thank you for that question. Um, if I can go back, I in preparing for today, I did go back and look at the International Women's Day website just to see what they had to say about themselves. And along with that choose to challenge theme, they have an interesting statement that says a challenged world is an alert world and change follows from that, from that awareness or challenge leads to change. That sentence intrigued me. Um, And it really connected within the way I think about my role at Tyndale and what Tyndale's doing, because these are not just women's issues, as they have sometimes been dismissed as. These are global issues, and it involves all of us to meet the needs and realities, um, not just women. And so when I think about Tyndale University, you know, we are here and we strive to engage the, the minds, the hearts, and the character of men and women who are engaging in a journey to serve the church and the world for God. Um, And doing that, we educate our students to engage in culture, to be part of the discussions of the day thoughtfully and respectfully, um, to participate in ways that build bridges and move the discussions forward. And along the way, our students, past and present, and those they influence, I believe have the opportunity to shape how the possibilities and opportunities they see for themselves in their future professions, vocation, but also with their interactions with others. And so in that way, I think one of the things that we have the opportunity to participate in is um, shaping a generation of students who in turn shape generations around them. And it, uh, you know, it goes from there. Wow, that's great. And as, as a woman, Marjorie, you know, to get where you are today, I think for us, you know, uh, you know, women who are saying, wow, a president of a major university in Toronto, that's, that's big. And, and, and we're, and we're proud of you and cheering you on for that. But what would you say uh, were some of the, maybe one or two key um, lessons or things that got you to where you are as a leader uh, in this education sector? Hmm. It's an interesting question. I would say a couple of things is that I don't 
think any leader truly attains everything just on their own hard effort. Of course, it takes work and effort and, and focus. You know, but like many leaders, I have had significant people speak into my life along the way, women and men leaders alike, who have influenced me, who have encouraged me, who have um, just chatted with me about opportunities and, and, and how some things could unfold. So that along with you know, all the preparation we do professionally and educationally and, and opportunities that we respond to. Um, and for me as well, part of it has just simply been honoring God's call on my life. And as I have grown in my faith journey, um, it is my privilege. And I believe the way I honor God right now is in this role at Tyndale. He has brought this about for this time. And I have the privilege and the honor and truly the joy to participate in Tyndale's life at this time in its history and development. Marjorie, I love that a lot. And finally, for you know, young women, many who I've talked to have said, a lot of times what holds them back from leading is fear. Hmm. And so we're always talking about stepping in courage and in faith. What are your thoughts about that? If somebody is saying, I, I know I'm supposed to go there. I know I'm supposed to lead there, speak up, but I am afraid. What would you say to them? Acknowledge your fear. Own it. Um, and then figure out how you want to walk through that fear and prepare for it. And those kinds of things, the first few times, especially just prepare and prepare and prepare. If you're giving a short speech or a presentation, stand in front of your mirror and talk to your mirror until you know what you want to say and how you want to say it and then go on from there. Um, but I think the other thing is, you know, take small steps, um, choose to start with something that you can kind of get your arms around and, and feel comfortable with and perhaps get feedback from someone ahead of time in your approach and your style and what you're doing. And then at some point, you know, take a breath and go and make it happen. Oh, I love that. And finally, Marjorie, your favorite, most encouraging verse, scripture verse that has sustained you and helped you along your journey. Yeah, there's many, but here's one that, and it just particularly walks into this conversation we're having from Joshua chapter one, be strong and have a good courage, not be afraid for the Lord your God is with you. Be strong and have a good courage. Mm, I love that. Well, Dr. Marjorie Kerr, thank you so much for being with us here on See, Here Love. We are so thankful that you are, are leading next generation in education and in equipping them to be on the front lines in marketplace, in ministry. Grateful for you and for Tyndale University. Thank you. And Melinda, thank you again for the opportunity to be here and for all that you are doing. Um, it's a wonderful way to celebrate International Women's Day in particular. Thank you so much and blessings. Well, we couldn't have International Women's Day without four incredible women, trailblazers, advocates, and just really good friends. So I am so excited that we have back with us co-host Cheryl Nemhard, social justice advocate, should I go on, author, podcaster, speaker. Cheryl, welcome. It's so good to see you here. Happy International Women's Day, guys. Let's go. Yes, let's go. Joanna LaFleur, co-host, Bible teacher, digital communications expert, podcaster. Joanna, welcome. Happy International Women's Day. Yay. Great to see everybody. <laughs> awesome. And Brooke Nichols, um, mama, soon to have a little one. Very soon, Juno-nominated singer, songwriter, author, worship leader, co-host, Brooke Nichols. Welcome to the show. 
Thanks for having me. It's great to see you. And a very special guest, Melissa McEachran, COO and Chief Content Officer of Crossroads Christian Communications. Melissa, welcome. It's good to have you with us today. I am honored to just be amongst you and someone who's been more behind the scenes and really cheering you guys on on See, Here Love. It's an honor to be here today and join you. Awesome. Well, all right. Women, incredible women. International Women's Day is all about hand up, hashtag choose to challenge. That's what this year's theme is. So right off the top, Cheryl, what are you choosing to challenge or you are you choose to blank today? Uh, I, I choose to be a voice for the voiceless and I choose to challenge uh, injustice of any kind in wherever and anywhere I can see and find it. Awesome. Terrific. Joanna, you choose to challenge. The first thing that comes to mind for me is what it looks like to be a single woman in the 21st century. Yeah. Excellent. Thanks, Joe. Brooke, for you, you choose to. Yeah, I choose to empower young women because I remember when I was a young, younger woman, um, I I didn't have anybody to, um, to to look up to. And so I just, yeah, I choose to be that person for others, other young yeah. women. Fantastic. And Melissa, you're choosing to challenge or choosing to? Choosing to challenge uh, removing roadblocks that often come in the way of young leaders and choosing to say, I want to take those down and pave a way and make a way for young creatives and young leaders to thrive. Incredible. I love all the diverse responses and uh, can't wait to hear more from you. So Cheryl and Brooke, I want to ask you this question specifically, because that's what you actually said within your choosing to challenge. How are you today being a voice for women who don't feel seen, heard, and loved, that are marginalized or oppressed, how are you using your voice and your life to support them? Brooke, let's start with you. Yeah, I think like there's a lot of young women out there that are, you know, truthfully, like we all have our own insecurities and we don't really know where to start, where to begin, where to, who to look to. Um, and, and, so I think like for me, it's making myself available to young women who have questions, um, who want to be singer songwriters, who want to be worship leaders, who want to, you know, write their story uh, for people to know. So just trying to make myself really available for that. And whenever I have an opportunity to bring a younger uh, worship leader alongside me, um, you know, whatever, it's a conference or something, uh, we always jump on that opportunity because I always just think like somebody took a chance on me one time and, uh, you know, I, I want to be able to do that for somebody else. Yeah. I think a lot of us, for us, a, a lot of, for our own experience, people took a chance on us and saw us and gave us an opportunity. And that's yeah. why we're here today. Why yeah, we're absolutely. Here. And like, we all deserve a chance. Right. And mm-hmm. if we, if we keep our thing to ourselves, like that's like, we're not allowing God to use us um, in, the, in the best way that he possibly can. So when we live open-handedly with our gifts and our talents and allow other people to come alongside us, like it's a better place. Yeah, absolutely. It's great. Thanks, Brooke. Cheryl, for you, how you are using your voice to ensure that young women are seen, heard, and loved. Uh, a co- combination of a couple of things. One is... Um, 
uh, serving in areas that are that that really pull my heart. Uh, areas for margin marginalized girls, uh, sex traffic prevention, um, uh, at risk. Uh, youth coming up. So I serve in as many areas as I can mm -hmm. uh, to be a light, to be a, a, a force for good. Um, also uh, challenging, speaking truth to power, um, shattering glass ceilings, um, rejecting, you know, patriarchy and all of that and misogyny and all of that. Like just speaking up, um, I feel gives permission to many other women that are watching and modeling as well. Um, I do a lot of coaching. I coach uh, adult women, uh, helping them uh, not find their voice because we've always had it. Can't stand that phrase, uh, but amplify the voice that they that they have. Um, and then a lot of mentoring. I mentor a ton of young women and um, I, I do shadowing. I, I love to have them join me uh, whenever I speak, teach in uh, any of the film stuff that I do, like Brooke, just trying to give gifted people uh, a space to shine. Um, but I feel that it just it just looks like modeling and living it out. I think mm -hmm. that's mm -hmm. one of the easiest things all of us can do for someone that's maybe not doing all the things just by modeling out that brave boldness. Uh, we give permission to others. Yeah, that's great. So for both you and Brooke, it's this modeling and it's example. It's amplifying voices, being really intentional about seeking those women out or opening yourself up to for them, for young women to come to you and say, hey, I need some help. Your advice. I love that. Thank you, Brooke and Cheryl. OK, Joanna and Melissa, you know, we're celebrating today the accomplishments of women um, and, and choosing to challenge against you know inequality and inequity. But with that in mind, you know, we are all for empowering women, but I also believe it's very important that women and men work together, that we partner together uh, to achieve great things, to, to achieve things that are needed in the world. Uh, Joe, what would you say for yourself, how you are partnering well with men or encouragement for, for women on how we can partner well with men uh, to work together well? Yeah, well, most of the people I work with are men. Uh, in my field of communications and marketing, most of the people that I serve are senior leaders of local churches. And usually that means it's a 50 year old man. <laughs> and so it's really a privilege to serve. And I think the number one thing I try to do is just be good at what I do, that gender is not a part of the conversation because I'm just going to be excellent at what I bring to the table. And so it's sort of, I try to make it a non-issue, but I do think there are some things that um, we can understand sociologically that happen that when women um, speak a certain way or um, offer themselves in a certain way into a meeting, um, there can be some pushback against that. Like, oh, that person, like she's being too bossy or she's being too aggressive. And so I think in some ways it's just to not be naive, to maybe do some reading on how women are being perceived in group settings so that not that you can fix how that happens in the world, but you can be aware of it. So if it happens, you can understand that it's not just happening to you. It's a thing in the air. Um, and so we can try to, you know, work against it in our own, in our own work environment. Mm -hmm. That's good. That's some good advice, Joe. Thank you. Uh, Melissa, for you, working and partnering with men to, to achieve uh, great things together. I think for me, I'm often uh, want to see people 
through the lens that God has. So God has created every single one of us. And um, I'm learning a lot about who are the voices around the table um, and, and making sure that those voices are being heard. And I think men and women have a voice at the table. And so um, how do we see each other through the lens that God has created each one of us? And I think he's designed men and women so differently. And there's a reason for that. And so you want that all at the table, just like we want um, diversity in all areas to be at the table because everyone from their viewpoint, their life experience um, brings something to the conversation. And so I think there's value in men and women working together to do the things God's called us to do here on earth. And I know I'm really thankful. I've had uh, some leaders and male leaders who've really uh, helped me in my career and have, have put me into positions. And so what I've learned probably the most in that is that um, is that I've been at the table and then I need to now believe that my voice matters amongst the men at the table. And so similar, Cheryl, you were saying earlier about our voice, we've always had it. And I think I've always believed, well, their voice is stronger, their voice is bigger. I'm just here in the background. It's like, no, you're at the table for a reason. And so how do we step in and how do I continue to believe that my voice as a young female leader matters just as much? That's more on me sometimes than even the people around me and the opportunities they've given to me. So mm-hmm. that's good. Thank you, Melissa. Well, earlier in the conversation I had with Marcy Ian, she talked a lot about kindness, empathy, and standing and getting back up. Those were sort of three important themes for her. Sure, I want to ask you, you know, just the importance of she talked about stand. Like you fall down and then you stand and you stand again. And it comes from the verse in Ephesians where you put on the whole armor of God. And so when evil and things come at you, you are standing and everything stand. What are your thoughts about the stand part for you, Cheryl, how important standing is as a woman today? It's huge. Um, standing, standing is one of the bravest things that we can do. And I think that we complicate bravery uh, and we think it looks like heavy action, heavy lifting. But the bravest thing that women can do in the midst of adversity, setbacks, uh, sadness, grief, loss is to stand. It's the getting back up. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the taking a breath, lifting our head up. Mm-hmm and facing life again, or for many people with shattered hearts, learning to trust again, learning to love again, trying again, uh, you know, uh, have finding joy again. All of those things are super brave. Um, standing is such a powerful, um, image for me. It's the idea that, um, that, that I, I bring all of myself, I bring fully, I'm fully present in bringing all of myself into the situation. I'm not sort of sitting, I am standing fully erect and present. And then the last thing I want to say is that I I have a phrase that I say all the time. I come in the room as one person, but I stand as 10,000. And it's Mm -hmm. the idea that there are many women who have carved this path for me and are standing alongside. So physically you may see one person, but there are so many women that are standing emotionally, spiritually, mentally with you and have stood before. Uh, It's the shoulders that we stand on that we're here Mm -hmm. today. Wow. Excellent. Absolutely. I agree. And that's just so empowering, Cheryl, as you speak. Brooke, for you, uh, a theme that's come up in the show is kindness, the importance Mm -hmm. of kindness to be shown to yourself and to others. What are your thoughts about that as a woman in the importance of kindness today? 
Kindness is huge. Uh, it says a lot about your character, I think, how you treat people, um, how you interact with people. Um, I think for me, it's about my my ministry, my work, what I do. Um, obviously, it's for the Lord, um, but for me, it's about the people. So if 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 I can't walk into you know a building, a church, an organization, and like ooze kindness because that's one of the fruits of the spirit. That's that's Jesus in me. Then, uh, in my opinion, I, I've done it all wrong. Um, so I think like kindness needs to be one of like, I don't know, like one of the main things that you uh, operate out of when you walk into any situation, mm. you know, cause the truth is like, I love the standing thing, Cheryl, that you says it, that was so, um, yeah, that was so empowering because the truth is, is like, you're going to get knocked down. You just will. That's just a part of it. Um, and you get to stand back up, you know? again and again and again and again. And then we have the opportunity to like, how do we, um, how do we operate out of our fall down? You know, do we treat people like, um, yeah, do we treat people like, like, are we the victim because we fell down or do we just like operate in kindness knowing that like, you know what, I'm going to stand back up. I'm going to do this again. I'm going to continue to love people. I'm going to continue to put them first and I'm going to continue to just like point them to Jesus. And I think, yeah, I love, I love that. Actually, it's even a reminder to myself just to Mm -hmm. always operate out of kindness. Yeah, it's good. Thank you, Brooke. You know, Melissa, one of the other themes in this show has been identifying people, not necessarily where they are, but what they will become at this sense of seeing sort of the rough And as someone, you know, who is older and looking into the next generation to say, but I see what you can become and I want to support you in that. How important is that for you um, as you lead today? God has seen all of our potential, right? We're rough. (laughs) We've got rough edges, um, but he sees potential in each one of us. And so again, that lens for me, it's like, how do we then see people through that lens of how Jesus sees them? And so I actually am like full of hope for the next generation and for what's ahead. I think we have people who are um, more passionate, more dialed in to what it means to love and serve Jesus. And when I see somebody who, again, like Jesus has changed everything in my life. He's changed how I see the world, how I see each other, uh, how I even find purpose. So if other people are kind of on that same journey that Jesus has changed everything for them and they just can't help, uh, but want to tell people about the change that he's made in their life. I just want to champion those kind of people. Um, and I think again, in, in, at what we do at Crossroads and STV is all about communicating using the platform of media to do that. And I think it's a powerful tool that we can use, put in the right hands. And so, so much of it is media training, but it's also character, it's leadership. It's, I, I always challenge young leaders too. It's your why. Why are you doing this? Is this because you want more likes, more followers, whatever it is? What's your why? And the why has to drive us every single day. Mm, good, Mel. Thank you. The why. And for Joanna, for you, one of the things that we have also talked about throughout the show is how to respond when you're faced with a crisis, when something hard or uh, traumatic happens in your life and that you have a choice of either uh, saying this is something that's going to change me and and 
and sort of refocus me onto something that's important or not? What would you say to that as a woman to say, we are going to come across crisis and hardship and pain? What's your advice um, as a woman today on how we should we should deal with it, how we should live in that in that space? Yeah, the the I, I love what everyone's been saying, uh, and it's talking about supporting one another, togetherness, the fruits of the spirit. I mean, how do we get the fruits of the spirit? How do we become more kind or become love, joy, peace, patience, kindness? All these things is the presence of the Holy Spirit with us. And so, when we go through hardship, trial, the greatest comfort, if all else is abandoned, if everybody else leaves us, that God is with us, as close to us as our breath, the spirit of God is as close as our breath. And so we have this comfort. God says, yeah, we're going to go through all this stuff. But I know in the like the darkest, hardest, scariest stuff that I've gone through in my life, that if nothing else, knowing that God's presence with was with me was such a great comfort. Um, and then second to that, if we also have a company of women, a mighty army of women who are cheering us on, celebrating us, supporting us, um, you know, doing practical things like, um, you know, showing up at our door with food, um, sending a note of encouragement, calling and saying, we're going to pray together over the phone if we can't get together in person. You know, there's so many ways that um, we need each other as women. And maybe in that sense, we as women get each other better maybe than men might. I mean, men can support us too. Of course, we need men to support us in our difficulties and help us, you know, come to solutions in it. But uh, it's that company of women that I think gets us through most things in life is that group of girlfriends. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. Well, I want to end with this question about your relationship with Jesus. Now, this International Women's Day, you know, we have chosen to follow Jesus, but I want you to speak into the place of, you know, a young woman who is discouraged that might not know who Jesus is, is asking questions. Why is Jesus so important to you? Why is, has he made the difference in you? Why do you follow him? Cheryl, for you, uh, why is your faith in Jesus so important? Um, I, 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 the image that comes to me is an anchor. Um, I feel like my faith in Jesus has anchored me and helped me get through things that I, I, I just know so many others would have crumbled under. And, 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 and I take no credit when people say like, how are you still fill in the blank through all of this? And I'd say it's Jesus, you know, he is the grounding force. He holds you, he keeps you, he shelters you, he comforts you in the time of storm. It's, it's, it's your own resident therapist, if you will, uh, someone you can talk to and cry and, and, uh, and he hears and he answers. It's an active relationship. It's not one-sided. Uh, you know, I have access to the King of Kings and he takes the time to answer me when I'm confused and upset and have questions. And it's, it's the best. Mm. And I've really seen that in your own life, Cheryl, if I can affirm to you, just, you know, the power of, of God's spirit and presence in your life as you have boldly proclaimed truth um, and justice. I don't know why I'm getting emotional, but, you know, I, and I say this cause I'm going to be saying this to all of you, but just have seen God work in incredible ways, Cheryl, for you, as you had to fall down and stand and fall down and stand and you have remained faithful to him yeah. all these years. So don't make me cry now. <laughs> no, I don't like I know, that I'm tearing. I knew I would cry on international women's day. You can't help it because it's all your girlfriends, but I just wanted to affirm that too, that you are a living story and testament 
of God's power and faithfulness in your life. So really proud of you today, Cheryl. Really proud. Thank you, man. Brooke, for you, uh, Jesus, and why you sing about him and lead people towards him in your music. Why? Yeah. Um, well, I think about that verse. Uh, it's, I just pulled it up. John 16. It just says, like, in me, you have peace. In this world, you have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. And I'm just reminded that, like, I'm reminded that, like, we weren't ever promised, like, a perfect, suffering-free life. Um, we just weren't. But we were promised that the Lord would be with us in whatever it is that we face. And then we would be given like this unexplainable peace that can't come from anywhere else in the world or anything else in the world other than Jesus. And so uh, for me, like I've seen the spirit of God come into a room and just like move in a way that I've never, um, I actually can't articulate it, but people just instantly set free people just like instantly find a joy that they've never uh, found before in Jesus. And so for me, that's such a motivator to like continue to like lead people in worship and lead them into a place where they can just meet with the Lord because like he is, yeah, in, in a world filled with so much stress, anxiety, despair, hardships, um, again, that stuff will be there, but like in Jesus, we get to, um, we get to live free and full of hope and joy and his peace. And so that for me, like that's, that's why Jesus. Mm. And Brooke, it's not going to be amazing as you have a little one, a little baby that, that love for Jesus will just continue with your own child like it's such a beautiful thing of how you will speak and sing over over them with the promise and truth of Jesus and anyway I'm so proud of you as we've seen your your music career Juno nominated um, and just seeing you and Steve really flourish and really grow in music and in love for one another and love for really Canada as you've traveled and and sing uh, to so many people. So thank you. And really proud of what you're doing as well. So it's beautiful. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Melissa, I know you mentioned earlier about Jesus and the motivation of him in, in the work and leadership that you do, but maybe just more, expand more on why your relationship with him is so important and grounds you in who you are and what you do. When, when you ask that question, who is Jesus to you? The first thing that comes to mind is a constant companion. And I think even over this last little bit and season we've all been in, that has become more true for me as we are in isolation, we're separated. Um, the, the steadiness of having a constant companion in Jesus has been life-giving for me. Um, and I think as, as leaders and as women, um, having that relational part of a walk with God and a walk with Jesus uh, is really important. We crave community and relationship. And so the fact that Jesus promises to always be with us, to never leave us, to be uh, there for the lonely, um, I have experienced that. And, and I've experienced that in more ways probably this past 
year than I would have thought. And so the constant companion of Jesus has changed everything for me, um, especially in this season. So I'm so thankful for that. His steadiness, his faithfulness, Mm. um, he never leaves us. uh, And those are promises that I've had to hold on to and encourage others to as well. He can change everything. Mm. Thank you, Melissa. And for you to see you become this incredible leader um, for us to be colleagues, you know, as well as friends has been such a gift, Melissa. And just to see where you're a leader now, but where God is going to take you um, further is really exciting to see how he's just like really kind of like bringing your gifts and abilities uh, just to the forefront and to see you flourish has been so beautiful to see. So we're cheering you on. Uh, keep leading strong and well, Mel. Like it's it's wonderful. So glad you're here. Joanna, for you, I know you also talked about the importance of Jesus in your life. Um, but for you, you know, how does he motivate you and, and ground you uh, today? Yeah, I think of Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. I even have it tattooed on my arm, uh, the word lamb, because that's me. I am the lamb. And I just have to be in trust with this good shepherd who cares for me. And that's really what, why do I continue to follow Jesus? You know, a faith that I adapted as a child, but why do I keep it as an adult is because I've known him to be a shepherd. I've known him to walk with me through the difficult, dark valleys of my life. Uh, And yet also through these like great highs and like how he has like brought joy and sustenance to me. And so I have this tattoo of lamb on my arm to remind me that like he's caring for me. And I love what they say too, to go back to what I said earlier, about how we need as women to stick together, that the only defense that that sheep have is to stick together. They don't have teeth. They don't have claws. <laughs> they don't run very fast. They can't see very good at nighttime, but if they stick together, they're going to be better off than if they wander off by themselves. And so uh, we have a good shepherd and we have each other as the church. And that's really why I keep coming back to it over and over. We need each other. But more than that, we need this good shepherd and I've known him in my life. Thanks, Joanna. You know, I have loved seeing you from Bible teacher in the beginning of See Here Love to really becoming this communications expert, this love of the good news um, and and being able to help support churches um, in their work and ministry. And so really proud of you to see you just grow in this area of communication, but also, you know, one of the youngest Bible teachers on national television, um, just sharing the good news of Jesus. So really proud of you and just your growing and, and just really maturing in your faith with God. Any last things, if you just want to just say some last things for International Women's Day to anybody, just go and say it. Any last thought just quick on some encouragement on this special day for women? Cheryl Brooke, Joe Mel, anything you want to well, just say? As you're, as you're encouraging us and blessing us with these words, I mean, we want to bless you, Mel, because you know, it's not just words that you're saying, well, who gave me the opportunity to be a Bible teacher? It was you, you know, the way you empower and lift up, give every week on this show opportunity for women 
to to tell their story and to bring their voice where so many people talk about when they come on the show they're so nervous because they get to meet you and they get to you know um, come up to your level of professionalism and excellence in in what you do on the show so we just honor you and um, you know as as a Filipino woman as well you know that you're representing um, a whole story uh, behind that you've shared so many times on the show and you know we're just um, great to be here it's great to be here with you Thanks, Joe. Really yeah, appreciate it. I echo that. that, Melinda. I echo that. You know, you. week after week, you just give <laughs> opportunities to people. Like, doesn't matter, like ethnicity, stage in life, whatever generation, like you just open up your arms and your doors and you just um, allow people to come in and share their story. It's, it's honestly incredible. It's very beautiful. So thank you. Thank you. Yeah, these guys are taking words out of my mouth, yo. Listen, um... <laughs> Uh, I'll find something else that's uh, amazing about you. Um, I think this is good for all of us. You are a fierce ally. And I think uh, if we've ever seen a time where we need allyship right across the table, it's now. Uh, women uh, holding hands, linking arms with other women. Um, uh, people making intentional spaces for those that are BIPOC. Um, allowing those voices to come forth. You do all of those things, uh, Melinda. You're an advocate. You're an ally. You're force of nature. And I think I think we need to understand that we are stronger than we know. We are stronger than we know. And sometimes it takes crisis for that to realization to come. Sometimes we need to get in a storm and we're like, wait a minute, I got some stuff on the inside. But I want to let a woman know today that she's stronger than she knows. And I think the other thing that you've modeled so well, Melinda, is to go after the dreams that God has given you. And I say that to people watching and I look at this panel of women who have just done that. And, and you've really, you, Melinda, have been a cheerleader of so many others to say, keep going after the dreams that God has placed in your heart and in your life. And so that would be my encouragement to others. It's is has God is God stirring up something in you that you said, oh, I'm a woman, I can't do that, or I don't have the platform, I don't have that opportunity. Um, don't don't let don't summon those voices and find people like this amazing group of women who can come alongside and help and champion. And that's who you are, Melinda, to us and to so many others. And so we celebrate you today and see here love and all that this show represents on International Women's Day. Okay, I didn't know that was going to happen. I didn't know this was going to be a, a <laughs> I feel really emotional, but just, I, I, I so thank you. Um, that That's really special to me on International Women's Day. I didn't know that was going to happen. And, and thank you so much. And an honor to serve with you, to be an ally with you, to be a friend with you. And so thank you for spending this time with me on International Women's Day as we choose to challenge and we choose one another and we choose kindness and we choose empathy and we choose to stand and we choose to see how people can become. And ultimately we choose Jesus. So thank you so much for and being four here. Years. And four years, baby, four years, we continue to celebrate women around the world on the show. So thanks so much for being with us. Well, what an incredible panel discussion. I am so encouraged by all of them. So thank you so much, Cheryl, Joanna, Brooke, and Melissa for your thoughts with us. Well, as we continue to celebrate International Women's Day, let's go and listen now to CEO of Young Street Mission, 
Angie Peters, who is choosing to be an advocate and voice for those that are homeless and marginalized. She will continue in her monthly segment to share with us how to be a bystander no more and gives us tips and resources to help those in great need. And coming up on The Good Word, we have Katrine Dalman Balpar. She is a consultant for the United Nations, an international and human rights lawyer who's going to share from the good word to encourage us to choose what is right today. That's coming up. Hey, Melinda, it's great to be back with you and celebrating International Women's Day, thinking about how we can advocate for women everywhere. It's no secret in Toronto that women, uh, specifically single moms and women of color, are two groups that experience the highest degree of poverty in our city today. And they're the largest groups of people experiencing poverty in our city today. And the question is, how do we advocate for them? Well, I want to talk about one particular opportunity that we have as churches to stand in the gap for women, specifically single moms, because their biggest barrier to moving out of poverty is actually access to subsidized daycare. There's simply not enough spots, and it's a two to three month waiting list. In order to even get on that waiting list, they have to demonstrate that they have either a job which is at least 25 hours a week, or they're enrolled in school for at least 25 hours a week. They get on the waiting list, and it's still two to three months before they have a place to take their kids. So let me ask you a question. How are you going to keep your job or keep up with your studies if you have no place to take your kids? You're not, right? And that's it. That is the catch-22 that holds over 164,000 moms in our city in poverty. Think of how powerful it would be if our churches could take something we already have, stand in the gap, and resource them to move forward. Well, what's that thing that we already have? Well, it's Sunday school spaces, isn't it? Many, many church buildings have Sunday school spaces, and those spaces look an awful lot like daycares. What if we were to just find and and make thousands of spaces available across the city, especially in neighborhoods with a high percentage of single moms, such that they could move forward in their lives? What a powerful example of God's love that would be. What a powerful move of the church to help solve a tangible problem at a time that is being called the she session. During the pandemic, 62% of the job losses in the first couple of months were experienced by women. We need to reach out to this exceptionally marginalized group. And this is a very powerful way to take something we already have and make it happen. So that's this month's bucket. And it is a bit complicated, but YSM has a model that we've tried that we think will work for churches. So if you're interested, get in touch with us. We're looking at putting together a small leader group, leadership group to develop a pilot to do just this. So thanks so much for your time again this month. Uh, have a wonderful month, and I'll see you soon. Take care. Bye. This is Katrine. I'd like to thank Melinda and the team for giving me this opportunity to join our conversation around choices, especially on this day celebrating women. And I find it so interesting that the first, one could argue the ultimate experience of choice, is actually that of the first woman. Eve is in this garden with multiple trees, but two trees are singled out. One is called the tree of life, one is called the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. But God said that eating of this tree would lead to death. So it actually boils down to a choice between life or death. 
Eve has a choice to make that will have significant consequences, but she seems to not be aware or convinced of the power of her choice. And so she makes a choice that will actually lead to death. She eats from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And the stories that follow her choice show the unfolding of consequences. And it is death everywhere in relationships, in family, in society, in the environment. And we, like Eve, so often are not aware or convinced of the power of our choices. And we make choices that lead to death. But I would like to argue that the story of our choices is actually the story of our trust. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil, what it stands for is who we trust. Who do we trust to determine what is good and what is evil? Do we trust ourselves? Do we trust the voice around us? Or do we trust God? We choose well when we trust well. The story of Eve is a story of redemption in terms of choices, because her name means life. Her name means mother of the living. But she was given that name after she made the choice that led to death. And in our lives, we have made choices that led to death, but we are given renewed chances to choose life. And we will choose life as we choose to trust. Trust God. We choose well when we trust well. And I would like to read a, a scripture out of Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 19, because it captures and summarizes this so beautifully. So I will close with these words. I have set before you life and death. Therefore, choose life that you and your offspring may live. How? By loving the Lord. By loving the Lord your God, obeying him, and holding fast to him, for he is your life and the length of your days. Well, thank you so much, Angie Peters and Katrine delman Balpar, the panel, Marcy Ian and Dr. Marjorie Kerr for your thoughts as we celebrated International Women's Day. Here's my takeaway for today. I choose to challenge and stand up against inequality, inequity, and injustice. I choose as a woman to amplify diverse voices of young women across Canada to listen, to lean in, and to learn from their stories. I choose to be more kind, empathetic, to stand when I fall down, to stand and get back up. And I choose Jesus. And I hope you will too. We have many resources about International Women's Day, about our guests and their thoughts uh, with blogs and resources at seeherelove.com. And as you celebrate International Women's Day and celebrate the women in your life, and as you choose Jesus, and as you choose the way of him, and as you choose love, joy, and peace, and all those good things, know that as you do, you are seen, heard, and deeply loved by God. Have a great day and happy International Women's Day to all the women in Canada and around the world. See 
Greater Love with Melinda Estabrooks is a production of Crossroads Christian Communications Incorporated, a member of the Canadian Council of Christian Charities. To support this program, please visit seeherlove.com and click the donate button or call 1-800-265-3100. And from me and the See Here Love team, thanks so much for your support.